Bokar Tov. We are continuing Parashat Pinechas. We did the story of the daughters of Tzilofchad. Why did we... What was the relevance of the story of the daughters of Tzilofchad? How did it fit within the larger narrative? That they love the land. Well, they love the land, but, but what's, what's, what, what, would we, what, would, what did we discuss in the second Aliyah? That we counted B'nai Israel for yes. the purposes of... Of the land. Of Divide knowing land. how to divide the, the land. land. Yes, so they don't want to be excluded. Exactly. In, in, so in the course... Brother or any... Right. Exactly. In the course of discussing how to divide the land and counting B'nai Israel for the sake of dividing the land, these daughters of Tzilofrad, <coughs> they said, what about us? <coughs> or what about our father? But to reiterate, it wasn't a feminist argument. No. It was Not an argument all. of Kibud Av. Yes. His argument of respect to keep for the, the name of the father alive... And the portion right. that he is in. So, to all of our progressive listeners, uh, sorry for. <laughs> not, not this time. Okay. <laughs> now, the next segment, we did, we did the entire thing, right? As a result of this, of this uh, thing, as a result of this interaction with the daughters of Tzilofchad, Moshe goes to Boreolam, and they learn a law not just for the daughters of Tzilofchad. But a chukah for all time. And yes. what does a chok mean again? What does it mean, a chok? So the, the, typical, the typical meaning that's given, exactly, the typical understanding Forever. Forever. is that it's a law that doesn't have an explanation. But it's not precise. That, that's what the Midrash says. According to the Peshat, when you compare, when you look at all the places in the Torah where the word chok is used, chok is a law that's used, it's a law that's eternal. It's a law that passes from generation to generation. So... As a result of this, there's a law that if there are no boys in the family, then the f- possession, then the nachala goes to the girls. But, that's a but if not, that's gonna be, then it goes to the father, the goes up to the father's father, and then back down to the brothers, and then up to the father's father's father, and then to the, to the, to the sons of that father. Yeah. And then it goes up, and then down, and then up, and then down. Um, I won't go into it, but, but that's how it works, right? It goes down, and then it goes back up. And then back down, and then back up again, and whatever. And she has to marry within the dev to marry within the tribe. That's we're going to see that at the end of the, the sefer b'midbar. It's going to be a separate issue, where in the course of dividing the land, some of the tribes are going to come and complain about these daughters of Sulfah. Say, look, as much as we like these girls, if they marry out, we don't have any portion. Yes. So, so that's going to be a separate issue. But that's going to happen later. When we're descri- describing the boundaries of their Israel, that's in next week's parashiot. Right. But I think next week is double parasha. Oh, so, good. so yeah, we're gonna have a heavy yeah. duty Sunday. Yeah, the, the week after we're gonna have a heavy duty Sunday. Okay. Vayomer. Now we're going to the story of Moshe Rabbeinu's, uh, not his passing, but a bit of Boreolam commanding him that he's going to he's going to to die. What? Chapter 28. Yeah. We are in chapter 27, verse 27, 12. Yes, verse 12. God says to Moshe, Ale el har ha'avarim Israel. Go to this mountain of Avarim and see the land that I've given to Bnei Israel. Now, har ha'avarim in another place is also called har nevo. So why is it called har ha'avarim? Why is it called the mountain of of passing. Mm. There's, a, there's Rashi actually. I forgot what Rashi says though. Look at, look at Hara Avarim. 
See, my, my memory only lasts 23 hours, but I learned this 24 hours. Okay, this is another Rashi. It's a very interesting one, but I'm going to <laughs> save it. Okay, no, it doesn't say. No, it doesn't say. The Let's see if they have anything over here. Hara okay. Abarim is like Avar is like passings, passages. So I, I don't know why it's also called Hara Abarim. It's prob- probably the Peshat is that there is like a like a, a mountain called Hara Abarim, and then the peak is called Har Nevo or something. Or it's like multiple mountains connected, and then the main the main one is Har Nevo. Okay. Now what does Rashi say? What was the Rashi that I just read? Adam, did you read it? Do you get it? So the Rashi is saying like this. He's saying that after. Moshe sees that the daughters of Tzilofchad are getting a portion. Yeah, he's explaining why this part of Moshe's pending death, and we're going to see he's going to appoint Yoshua here. Yes. Okay? So what does this have to do with the daughters of Tzilofchad? So the Rashi says that once Moshe saw that the daughters of Tzilofchad were taking a possession after the death of their father... He said, what about me? Yeah, what happens to me? What after happens to me, me when after, I die? After Are my sons going to inherit after me? Oh. Well, the answer is not exactly. Yes. Okay? Not the, not the That's not one of the things the that stands out about Moshe is that he did not give over the title of leadership to his sons. And we're going to discuss that in depth. That may be the point of the shiur today. Okay? okay. But let's read the Psukim first. Pasuk 13. You will see the land. And you will... Be gathered up to your people, you as well. Just as Aharon, your brother, was gathered up. Because you rebelled against me in, in the desert of Tzin with the fight of the people, when you could have sanctified me with the water in their eyes, those are the waters of fighting, of contention in Kadesh, in the desert of Tzim. And why? You're not going in just because of this. Now, Rashi, I think it's Rashi again, but I may be mistaken for the second time. Uh, he says, why, why is the sin of Moshe repeated to him over and over? We've seen this before. It's not the first time that whenever he's dying, he gives his reason for his sin. So Rashi says something very interesting. You want to read it? Passed away with singing the praises of Sadiqim and leaders. Well, that's the question, essentially. Right? Why not say, now you're dying a full... Because you're you're dying because of your sins. So he says something very interesting. He says, in order to tell everyone, or to tell the reader, that Moshe was not one of the people who did not want to go into Eretz Israel. Meaning you could have said that when the Miraglim came back, or when the Tarim, we call them, when the Tarim came back, even Moshe started feeling like, oh, maybe we shouldn't go into the land, I don't know, I don't think so. Because if you remember, Moshe took a very passive reaction to that incident. It was Kalev and Yoshua uh, who tried to get up and they almost got stoned, but Moshe, Moshe fell on his face. So you may think that Moshe 
was also one of the people who said, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I have enough emunah yeah, to go into Eretz reassuring everyone. So the reason Rashid saying a reason is telling us the reason for his sin is us, no, no, his sin wasn't that he didn't want to go into the land. Yes, it was, it was just, because of yes. the waters of Merivah and the way he behaved he himself. Still wants to go. It's a very interesting Rashid <laughs> because you would never even imagine to think of that story as potentially Moshe also being one of the naysayers. You know, but Rashi says that, that that's what you would have thought if it weren't for the reiteration of the reason he can't come to Israel. There's no sign. No, but, but he wants so to reassure. Later on, you can see how many times he begs to try it's, to go. It's a reassurance that don't even go to that direction in your thoughts. I mean, when yeah, Devarim, we see. He made a mistake. So, it doesn't matter. It's like somebody that he never made a mistake. It was like saint or something. Right. It's like every other human being. Yeah, I like what you're on. You're losing your temper. What? You're, 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 yeah, yeah. So you're almost saying it's to, it's to tell us that as he's dying, he died for his sins. So don't think that. Everybody dies for. I mean, don't don't I'm, say that he's uh, infallible or never sinned. Okay. Pasuk 15. By the way, Moshe el Adonai lemor. So Moshe spoke to Adonai saying, "Look at the." way the pasuk is structured it's not it's not a common pasuk okay it's a, it's a very unique it's vaidaber adonai and moshe lemor and now it's moshe's vaidaber moshe el adonai lemor it's exactly the way that bore olam typically speaks to moshe moshe is speaking to bore olam god shall choose god of spirit of the spirits of all flesh should pick a person for the assembly Okay, now, what is Elohei Aruchot? We saw this word before, yes. and I told you what I meant before. Yes. Elohei Aruchot is the God who understands the inner Inside. heart of man. Any time a leader is going to be chosen, this is the refrain. This is like the famous pasuk, that God sees the inside of man and not the external. Because a Jewish leader is not based on charisma and good looks and speaking ability, it but it's on inside. Also in the story when Shemuel chooses David HaMelech as king, it says, Ki... Oh shoot, what's the pasuk there? It's a beautiful pasuk. Something, something, something. Badonai la levav. You know the pasuk? Okay. Basically, the pasuk there in English is, for we people see the outside, but God sees the heart. Right? That, that's, even though he may not look like the, like a leader on the external but, you know, but appearance for Hashem, he is but for God right. you look at the inside and that's how you choose your leadership it's a revolutionary concept it's one of those concepts that you have to stop for a second and appreciate the Torah for because because there's no other let's say you look at all of the other like like uh, near eastern cultures around the time and look at their writings you think they're going to have a, a, a book that talks about how their leader didn't look like much on the outside, but the God said he's a good man on the inside, so let's make him the leader. These were all like giants. And the leaders yes. were giants, and yes. the, the strongest man who was able to carry six trees on his back with while riding a horse, stuff like that, you know? So. I don't know. in your heart. Okay. Is how you treat. Yeah, but we're talking about leadership is in the yes. heart, not only religion. Okay. So he says, God, you God who knows the inside of man, please pick someone for the assembly. One will go out with them and one who will come in before them. This is in terms of war. And he will bring them out and bring them back in. 
a little bit repetitive, but we're not going to go into that. But do not let the, uh, the congregation of God be like sheep that do not have a leader, that do not have a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Take for yourself Yoshua, a man who has ruach, who has the inside, who has the inside we're looking for. Now notice, Elohei Aruchot picks the man that has ruach bo. Okay? And you will put your hand on him. You will stand him before Elazar. And in front of all the assembly. And you will invest him with his duties in front of them. That's what Vitsivita means here. It's... <laughs> Let's save them for Sunday because I do want to do this uh, thing, this last segment. Sunday is going to be a very technical class because we're going to be the, have the end of the parasha. And you will give of your hod. Hod typically means your splendor. You will give your splendor onto him. I think the peshat of hod is the honor that people accord to you. The respect. The respect that people have is called hod. So if you put your hands on him in public, you're going to be transferring the respect that people have for you, you put on him. So that all of Bnei Israel will listen and it will respect him. And he will stand before Elazar. And he will ask with the, from the um, uh, from the judgment, judgment of, of the Urim. Urim. Right before yes. God, yes. That, meaning the way He will know what to do is based on the urim betumim. Based on His word, they will go out, and on His word, that whose word, by the way? This is Joshua. I'm not sure. I think it's the uh, the word of Hashem. Word of Hashem. He's gonna, he's gonna get. He's gonna get from the Urim Etumim. Meaning, Yoshua does not decide when to go out to battle. It's Hashem from. It's Boreolam from the Urim Etumim. I think that's Peshat. Does Rashi say anything? Al Piv Yetzeu. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna ask Elazar. Yeah, Alpif Shalazar, perfect. Alpif based on the word of Elazar, they will go out and come in. Okay? Wasn't from the time of like the Yosho kind of second in command? Yes. Yes. All the time. Where have we seen Yosho before? Yeah, going into the First appearance, the battle against Amalek at the end of Parshat B'Shalach. No, he was the one who was a general in that battle. Okay, the people that were holding were Aaron and Hur. Next was uh, he was one of the people that went up with Moshe to Arsinai. Yes, correct. And then he was the one who, whenever Moshe came down, Moshe Yoshua says, "I hear the sound of battle in the camp." That was two, and then. yeah, also part of he was one of the people that he was one of the two who was good in the, amongst the tarim. Four, whenever um, Moshe was complaining about the people, and then God said, "I'm going to give, I'm going to give some of the nivuah to the other seventy zakenim," and then Eldad and Medad were were prophesying in the camp. Yoshua came and said, "Moshe, should we should we put these people in jail? Should we lock them up?" 
And Moshe says, no, don't, don't worry about my honor. If only everybody was a Navi. So we've seen Yoshua four, maybe even five times. Also it says, Yoshua was his servant. He would never leave his tent. And the point is to tell you that Yoshua earned his leadership yes, by, by constant, constant being devotion close, close and being to close to Moshe. So I'm saying is that it, you would kind of get the feeling that it was obvious that like he was like the next in line to take over. But yet Moshe is still asking for an endorsement. For well, let, let's, let's see. Wait, uh, let's analyze. I asked Moshe, Moshe did exactly as God commanded him. He took Yoshua and he stood him before Elazar and for all the, the people. He puts his hands on him and he instructs him or he invests him as God commanded in the, in the hands of Moshe. Okay? Uh, so, analyzing this story, what is so good, what is so unique about Moshe's concern right now? He knows that he's going to be passing. Well, this is the ultimate sign of Moshe's humility. Because he is about to die. He's probably thinking back to himself that like, how was he this random fellow just selected when he was trying to defer leadership? Probably just wants to make sure that... For me, it's unbelievable that he didn't react to Hashem. He didn't try to say... What, that he not, what about my sons? Oh, I think he's accepted that already. He's accepted that he won't go into Eretz Yisrael already. One, one of the opinions, by the way, says that the reason God is telling him here that you're going to die is because Moshe says, wait, you just told me to give the land to the daughters of Tzilofchad and to divide the land amongst B'nai Israel. Does that mean I'm going in? Right, so he may have thought that maybe, maybe the maybe, maybe the decree has been rescinded, but it's not. You're going to die in Haravanim. The only thing you'll do is you'll see the land. Correct. But then all of a sudden you start telling him to help divide the land for the people. He says, "Hold on, wait. If I'm uh, if yeah, I if I right, if, right, right that's why this is not dividing land here. He's dividing that's, land this is, this is all in Rashi. I, I used a lot of Rashi today." Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's what Rashi explains. Why is it here? Because Moshe would have thought that maybe I defeated Sihon and Og and I'm starting to divide the land for these people. So maybe that means Borei Olam has forgiven me. But no. Um, so, so the fact that Moshe, he is asking for Borei Olam to pick a leader, it's very unique. It's, it's, very, it's a very high level. Because he's about to die. So what does he care? He wants to make sure he cares yeah. so much about which, which means, and, and he's about to die on a bitter note. Yeah. And so he could have been bitter and said, "Okay, look." And by the way, who caused him to sin? The, <laughs> the people, people with their unending complaints yes, caring, drove him over the edge and caused him to get angry. It's crazy. How do you, how do you uh, stay motivated to lead when you know you're actually not going to see? The he's glory of he's the not going into the land because of Bnei Israel. But, he but then he turns around to Borei Olam to make sure that and he says, I really want these people to have a good leader who will be the leader here. I'm concerned for them. Now, if it were me or if it were any of us, you would say, okay, finally, oof, these people, they caused me to not go into the land of Israel. He said, like, people are high, and now Chedem Rachel, you know? He called them rebels. Right. They drove him over the edge before. But now Moshe, his only, which shows you it's, it's a sign of his humility. Yes. Meaning, meaning that Moshe's leadership has nothing to do with personal gain and everything to do with love for the people. If only leaders in modern society were like that, how much do modern politicians love the people 
and how much do they only care for themselves or for their own honor? It's totally care for themselves. It's only care for themselves. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, next thing. Next thing that you have to notice is is the fact that Yoshua will not be the one to decide who, when to go out to war and when to come back. Why is that significant? Because in Moshe's time, was there an Urim Etumim? No. No. Moshe, Moshe is the one who connects to God. Hashem told him. Urim Etumim, right here in the Pasuk. So, Hashem so, gave him the orders what to do. So, in Moshe's time, the leadership of Bnei Israel in terms of military strategy, which is Moshe, and communication with Borei Olam are done by one person. But what's happening in the Psukim now is that it's getting split up. The leadership from the, gener the general, the army general slash the person who's in charge of the battle is not the same person who will communicate with Borei Olam. So it's an, it's a, an important detail to realize that the power is being split. But you should communicate with Hashem after this? Ooh. Joshua. Through the Urim Betumim? Yes. There's no it's more direct, like, like no. the daughters of Ben-Oxel Abkhaz. Uh, no, from now on, they, 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 they asked the Urim. That's the last time. That's the last time. I think I understood it. One of the last time. Kind of mentioned something of that nature. This is the last time. I didn't read that in Rashid. I read the Rashid. I don't remember that. But, um, but, but no, notice that the power is being split. So is there any significance to that? That the power is split? Yeah. Well, there, that means that there is nobody like Moshe. That's it. Very, it does very mean that there's nobody like Moshe. It's a very simple uh, answer. <laughs> I think it's also important for, um, for there not to be too much consolidation of power. The Torah does not like to see one person have all the power. So you have the army general, but he can't just do whatever he wants. It's, it's, it's by the instruction of the Kohen Gadol. Through the synagogue and... Uh, I mean, it's not... It's not a, no. I think this is... This was also to give importance to the Kohen Gadol. Very important. Okay, anyways, but the, the, main, the main thing, and finally the last point here is that notice that Moshe Rabbeinu's sons are not the ones who take over after him. It's a very important point to realize that Moshe Rabbeinu, his leadership does not transfer to his children. And he didn't contest wow, it. it's so late. He didn't, didn't contest realize. it. Okay, and he didn't contest it, but also it's an important lesson to recognize that in Bnei Israel, the truest leadership has nothing to do with hereditary uh, succession and everything to do with merit. And if Yoshua merits more than Moshe's own sons, then Yoshua becomes a leader. Okay, and that's the way it is in the world of Torah as well. Amen. There are Gemarot to talk about why is it that Tamidei Chachamim typically don't have sons who are as, as uh, big Tamidei Chachamim wow. as them. And then the answer is that because then they would think that the Torah is, is a, something you just inherit and not something you have to work for. You know? So that's uh, Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen, amen.